0: episode 3 of the rub we had a jump off we had a second episode i don't know what we call this uh a triple threat i don't know what we want to call this episode but we're going to call it something eventually cuz i know uh we got a couple masterminds here who uh sit on our panel um we're going to get to them in a second but just want to let everybody know we got something new that's out there as well we now have a what is what is this thing called an email address, like uh, that we used to use from before? Which is basically if you ever want to reach out to us, if you have any questions, thoughts um areas that you want us to bring up as topics on the show you can reach us out at the rub wrestling at outlook.com um please feel free you got any crazy questions you want to know more about the panel you want to know about more about wwe AEW, roh njpw um triple anything like that please let us know we're gonna be here but uh we're gonna get ready and uh fucking kick off this podcast with uh our illustrious panel um he's the uh the man with the sauce and the most uh Chris, quick question for you. AEW video game is gonna come out on PS5 and a bunch of other systems. Are you buying it? Yes or no?
1: Ooh, I don't even know right now. It's been so long. It's uh it better be really good. Let's put it that way. But uh poof. Uh, looks like maybe, uh, it looks, maybe.
0: looks 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 like WWE No Mercy, but for PS5, but with all AEW stars, not gonna lie. So if you haven't watched the trailer, check that shit out. That's not a plug for anything. It's just if you're a video game fan and you love those old school wrestling games, get in it. Um, but other than that, Chris, we're gonna get we're gonna get it going. Josh, what's going on, man? Tell us about what's going on. What's going on with your week?
2: Not too much, man. Just uh, you know, had some negotiations for work and uh, getting the garden ready. Watching some wrestling too. So,
0: what are you growing? Lots of stuff.
2: Weed. It's much <laughs> weed. Lots of weed. Uh, lots of
0: vegetables. It's always awesome being the host and you just put people on the spot with stupid shit. It's great. Let me fucking tell you. But you know what? Uh, You know, coming off a little bit of a lag this week after WrestleMania, you know, the highs are kind of coming in. We're coming into a little bit of a slow season. Um, Doesn't mean that there's any, uh, you know, less news, less topics, less rumors, anything like that. But um, we're going to kick off our show today and we're going to start off with, you know, what Razor Ramon used to like to say that uh, he's the bad guy. And we talk about bad guys, and we talk about your typical heels that we see in wrestling. You know, you talk about the NWO, you talk about Hollywood Hogan, The Rock when he was in his prime, Triple H. These are all massive heels. But who would have fucking thunk that the biggest heel in professional wrestling right now, in probably many of our opinion, and we're going to talk about it, is actually who? 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 Dominic Mysterio? Does anybody think that, like Chris, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Dom's status as a top heel right now in the wrestling industry, not just in WWE, but in the industry as a whole?
1: Oh, my boy, Dom! Oh, you know, I'm 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 big on him, and and on Monday, and that the heat he can draw now is just—it's you have to say he's right up there with MJF. Like they was—I I, believe—was it this Raw? Yeah. They, they literally booed him for almost a minute straight. And it was, it was loud booze. Like you could, you could hear them talk. So that right there, nuclear heat, that's, that's what you need to be a heel and, and I don't know what he's doing, but, but he's found it. Even his smirks. um, I've been reading that the water in his sister's face was off the cuff and ad libbed. Um, I mean, he's, he's just doing heel stuff and, and, he's getting away with it facial expressions body language everything he does in reference to eddie oh, keeping up his jailhouse gimmick he's he know he knows like he almost cracks himself during half these things he knows what's going on but uh yeah he's he's doing it for me and and you know with with raw he's he's my my must-see raw almost right now i just I've, i want to see what dom's gonna do
0: Josh, what are your thoughts when you're kicking off? Chris, I mean, uh, you know what I I'll have my 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 two cents when we kind of kick it up. But Josh, what do you really think about uh, Dom? I mean, we weren't uh, you and I before. We used to talk probably six seven months ago, and we hated his segments when he was a face with Rey Mysterio. Like we wanted him, we literally wanted him off the show. We were talking about that. But with him now, how do you feel about uh, his performance now? Let's say over the last three months, and uh, how he's how he's done well with the storyline with his dad.
2: Yeah, um, so I think that the the, the storyline is really interesting. It it definitely is something that plays into reality, you know, but then being father and son and uh you know it invokes a lot of emotion as well, you know, it really plays up to the fan base, the Latin fan base uh is really invested in this and I believe it, you know. The, the father-son role in that uh, culture is really strong. And the things that he's saying and doing are really things that can draw a lot of heat. So I think that it's, you know, it's good heat, um, and, uh, you know, I will say that he did make a mistake at the beginning of his promo there on Monday at the beginning. And it kind of took a little bit of uh, steam out of it for me. But he still gets the heat. And, uh, you know, you can tell that the fans are like, this is just some young punk. And they really like they're really marking out for it. Right. Like, and I really enjoy when when the fans are really invested in, in it. And, you know, like they're almost they're buying into his his malarkey. And it's it's fun. I, I think it's fun to see the fans react the way he, he he they do is he you know next level like mjf definitely not on the mic but like the the amount of heat that he's getting i think that because of the story and you know like the dynamics of the relationship between him and his father and eddie is really playing up the playing it up and i think it's it's awesome so it's good to see uh because i you know it's much better than watching him wrestle right now so i think he's improving on in the in the ring but uh, a lot of work to do there so
0: I think he hit it right on the head. I think when you look at his wrestling ability, I think the fact that he's not like this, like as good as his dad or even close at this point, and that he's still kind of green, really plays into the factor that um, it really ties into kind of that heel persona in a way. Because we, now we just don't hate him because you know what he—he's not a great wrestler. We actually hate him now because he's an asshole and he's a terrible wrestler. <laughs> so when you look at both those things together, it really plays off. But I absolutely love the fact that um how kayfabe this this entire thing really went and i mean you're kind of looking at it in my i think my highlight for the whole thing that kind of tied this whole thing together was wrestlemania weekend during the hall of fame speech he's sitting there with rhea ripley and at one point they just literally get up and just walk the fuck out of the building and you know what? Um, a lot of people had a lot of really great things to say about that. Actually, Conan actually said that he just thought it was just like this nice little kind of bow tie that you could put on the entire thing that kind of just added it to make the next night's match more than than really what it could have been because it's just that reality, right? Like, we're we're marks. We're like, all of us are marks in, in this situation. Like, we we watch wrestling. We try to find out what's going on. We love rumor mills. That's why we have a show like this. But the fun part is when you can take people that already know that and kind of make them believe that it's real, that's when you really have something special, right? And I think that's just the reality of it is that it kind of making that believability, like Josh, you said, that realistic, that that realism to it um, really just kind of makes something um, in a feud, especially a long three to six month feud, those six or nine months that we don't really see very much anymore. But now those three month feuds really kind of have that... Uh, that that memory and that longevity to it, right? Um, I think nowadays, more so in anything in wrestling, it's hard to have something that's really memorable because everybody wants everything so fast. There's so much short-term gratification that I think now WWE is starting to lean towards what we're seeing with Roman and trying to have this like long-term gratification um, for the fan because what ultimately that's going to create is that that long-term memory, that legendary memory that's never going to go away. And uh, I think that's what uh, they don't have compared to what we've had 20 or 30 years ago. I mean, face it, we've all had those things where, you know, I, I don't know what it was for you. It might have been uh, Sean screwing Brett. It might have been the formation of the NWO. It might have been something crazy, but we all have that legendary moment that's not going to go anywhere, right? So that's what made this kind of awesome when we went through it.
1: But uh, when I think about it, where is where is Dom without Ray?
0: Exactly. I, I would have to agree. Dom is, Dom is nowhere without Ray, right?
1: So uh, I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, Ray being inducted to the Hall of Fame as an active performer, I think the writing's on the wall of what's going on there. Um, so when the inevitable happens and Ray's out of there pretty soon, I mean, where, who do we match Dom up with? Can he, can he, can he hack it? Or is the strength of that storyline going to kind of one-hit wonder him?
0: I think it could, but I, I think like when you look at his, his strengths, I think, I think Dom can carry it. I mean, Josh, what do you think? Do you think Dom can carry it without Ray right now? I think maybe not, but I think down the line, I think he could.
2: I, I think that this is like this storyline is Ray's like, you know, obviously this is Ray's final goodbye. And I think that he's going to do what he wants to do with it and give his son that moment where he retires him. And, you know, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to end in a retirement match and then. Maybe if the uh, LWO is still around that, you know, Dominic either feuds with them or pairs with them eventually it could be, you know, also that Dominic turns face at some point. Um, I think that his wrestling is going to have to improve considerably or he's going to have to, you know, really just remain a heel and find his niche there and be that bad guy. But I don't think that he can turn and be a face without his dad or without some severe improvement in his wrestling ability.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, the reality is time's going to tell with that when we uh, when we look at that, and I think uh, a lot of it is going to have to do. And uh, the future is going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's going to give us a reason to watch on Monday nights, and uh, hopefully, it leads into a couple uh, programs into pay per views that end up being really good. Now, Chris, this one's going to have a big smile on your face. We heard the big news this week. Your boy Logan Paul got a contract extension. So I'm not even going to start with you, Josh. What do you think <laughs> Logan Paul's future? is with the wwe we looked at his ability we look at everything that we see what do you think logan paul's future is with the wwe is he a future heavyweight champion or is he just a sideshow attraction uh well be honest
1: here hey eh? don't 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 like make stuff up that he's bad
2: no i'm not gonna you know what to be <laughs> honest i'm not gonna make anything up and I, I appreciate you letting me go first i know that uh you know chris is uh a big fan of logan paul I actually like him in the WWE. I think that part of the problem that I have with Logan Pauls uh, being in the WWE is that, you know, like his temporariness and that, you know, he's he's having these big matches and that it's not like this the story. It's hard to buy into the story. And then at the same time, because he's playing himself, it's hard because it seems like he doesn't want to be heel. But at the same time, he's a natural heel because people don't like him as much as he wants them to like him. Um, but you can't deny his, his athletic ability. I can see, I don't think that you should put the heavyweight strap on him right away. I think, if anything, you know, you give him something like the uh, intercontinental belt or put, put him in a tag team where they get the tag belts and, you know, get, get him something. But I definitely think that he's going to get the, he should have a belt on him at some point because he, he's got too much star power to not give him that opportunity. But it's really hard if he's not going to be participating in, you know, house shows or you know like regular Monday nights to put a serious belt on him because he needs to be present for stuff like that
0: oh well, now moment of truth Chris what what are your thoughts <laughs>
1: I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the huge I'm not the fan of Logan Paul necessarily necessarily but uh in the wrestling ring I think he's he's great like he he he's got the look he's he's got the charisma he's got he's got he's bringing in a following that nobody like it's only The Rock can rival in terms of wrestling, it, as far as I know. Of course, no research there, but uh, yeah, and I don't know. Um, he knows, it, it seems he's working with them quite a bit. He's he's hasn't leaked anything. He's had surprise returns. He's had injuries. He's come back. It gives me the feeling that he knows how to do business in the term of wrestling business. So seems like if he's going to play ball like this and he's going to do business, I think he's got a place there. Um what we'll see is how much of a team player I think he's going to be like in the locker room like coming up and being pushed to the sky like that without knowing anything about really the the business um that'll be interesting to see apparently from what I heard though he's not what I heard what I read uh he's he's not too not too bad in the locker room um other main thing with me is uh is the schedule is is he going to do you know, I mean, he's got his stuff. He does his stuff. So, so time's going to be taken away, but it's going to be interesting to see if he takes a little bit more time and and shows up a little bit more often. Uh, I I wouldn't mind seeing it. Anytime I can see good wrestling, I'm happy. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. Logan Paul Mafia. What
2: do you think about his uh what do you think about his image? Was it uh, was it was it uh, photoshopped?
1: Yeah, 100%. Of course it
0: was. <laughs> I think you look at Logan Paul, I think he's a businessman at the end of the day and I think you look at his in-ring ability, his physicality, he can do all the stuff and he's wrestled right now a couple really big names in Seth Rollins and The Miz um and uh you know and has performed admirably. I mean, he's can perform Roman things Raines. that um yeah, Roman Reigns as well, sorry, I even forgot about that. But you look at, you know, even we we're talking about the joke of, a, of the buckshot lariat and him being able to do that. Um, it's something that's, uh, that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of skill and athleticism to do, especially for somebody that's maybe not as done it as much as Adam page has done it, but he has this ability, this kind of this kinesthesia or body awareness to, to be able to pull off these moves. Um, and I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'd love to see if he would just take one year and dedicate himself to it, to see how good he would be after one year. We might not be able to see that. I mean, obviously, you know, and, uh, uh, I'm in an industry that monitors prime sales, and I can tell you right now that the prime sales that that, have, that are going on in, in my business are, are crazy. He's not going anywhere with that company because that company's a, like could be a billion dollar company, right? Especially with uh, you know an energy drink and stuff coming in at some point. So he's got a lot on the go, but it'll be really interesting to see if he's going to be able to pick up that that first year and, and to kind of go and. Um, I the one thing for me on the contract is he's obviously getting paid. Um, and we know wins and losses kind of happen. What what happens if he keeps losing? Is he going to keep want to do it? If he's going to keep on losing matches, I think there's got to hit a point where he's got to win some and, uh, he's got to get a clean win over somebody that's really going to kind of solidify him as a, uh, not just a standout, like kind of a standout performer, but as somebody that's more believable as a, a wrestling persona and as, as a winner. So I think time will tell with Logan Paul, but I think, uh, we can all agree. We're looking forward to getting him back in the ring at some point after, uh, he gets better, so. All right, so a little bit. We're gonna switch a little bit from WWE to AEW, and uh, you know what we saw based on. Uh, I know we're a little bit behind, um, uh, with kind of our podcast, but one thing that we always have our eye on is we love tag team wrestling. This this podcast is big on tag team wrestling. Let's talk about fuck the revival, FTR. Um, you know they come off a big win with the guns. They win the belts. Um, a match where we didn't know if they were going to retire or they were going to resign their contracts, there was a little bit of reality there where we didn't know if they were going to stay with the company or they were going to go somewhere else. Um, couple near falls, couple of heart attacks, At then they eventually win it, and now we, we know that they're going to be staying with AEW. And what we've been hearing, it's basically on a four year contract. Um, and uh, the cool part is with the situation, and obviously it being a work um, all the way through, and we know that it's a work all the way through. What are your feelings on F- FTR staying in AEW? Do you feel it's the right decision for them? And uh, who do you think they should fight next for the titles? Chris, give it a go.
1: Do Do we know it was all work though? I mean, like, what if, uh, what if we kind of had a situation where you know they were kind of the same way, leaning towards WWE. Vince came back, and now they're, uh, now they're they are now they are they are staying with AEW rather than do that.
2: From what it's, they're selling it as, it sounds like they said they were never thinking about going to WWE. At least that's what Cash and uh, and Dax had said. I mean, but it's it seems like it's all work.
0: <laughs> I think, I, I don't think you can switch. You know what? The reason I think it's a work all the way through is that I don't think you make a decision like that on, like, saying, okay, I'm going to go to WWE, and then something happens and say, oh, Tony, can I have that four-year contract back? Like I just, I don't think that business works that way. So, I, I, I personally believe that they were going to stay all the way through, and um, I, I've said it all the way through, I think, with, with uh, you know, Dax and his family and, um, you know, him being able to see his family, I don't think that WWE uh, schedule would have let him see his family very much. So it's either kind of make the money and don't see your family or your kid grow up for the next five years or stay in a place where you can have some travel and go through, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh so I was thinking about that. Uh you know, I absolutely love that they won the title. I I love FTR like you said. Uh we are we're pretty pretty high on tag team wrestling. Josh is wearing a uh, a claim shirt right now. Um Yeah, but uh will they actually retire in 4 years as well? Um I uh, I think they might have more than 4 years in them, but I don't know, you know. Out of unlike Ric Flair, these guys are saying it, and they've accomplished a lot. So I kind of tend to believe them. Um, so, so that's there as well. Um, but yeah, I do, who would they wrestle next? I mean, the Acclaimed is kind of—I don't know—they put over put over the guns, and then and then the guns got to run with it. And they just we haven't seen much of the Acclaimed recently, so. Um, Maybe for them to give a give have another comeback at the the top the top of the tag team division, I wouldn't. I'd like to see that. They could run a program for a little while.
0: Cool, Josh. What are your thoughts? I know you are big. Me, you and me are really big. I think all of us are pretty big on FTR, but um, I am sure you are happy with their resigning. Where do you think they go from here? And uh, what do what do you think the next four years are going to look like for them in AEW? Yeah,
1: I not sure. I think.
2: I definitely think that the, the schedule is the reason why they stayed and that they like to be able to travel wherever they kind of want to do the different promotions and then have the acclaim and have those super, you know, uh, big matches, that like the dream matches that you wouldn't get to have in WWE. WWE's tag division is pretty, pretty soft. And um, I think that they're just having a lot of fun. And, you know, with the, with the uncertainty going on in WWE, I think that everybody kind of knew that, like, even though Vince left for a little bit like he's never leaving until he dies right so like it's something that uh but where they're going i i don't know i don't really know who who's left for them to to go through i could see that you know the almost their faces right now so it'd be weird to have them go through a like do a promo like do a segment with the acclaimed as them being faces too not saying that they can't do a, a match with the acclaimed but i feel like someone's going to have a turn then if they're going to do that maybe they could do um, you know, um, I'm not sure with Penta and uh, Ray or something like that. I could that they, they, I think that they could pretty much throw any of those tag teams together and they're going to have a great match. So I feel like really they have the the bonus of creating any type of story that they want. Um, it sounds like they're going to be playing out the the CM Punk FTR, um, with the other with the other with the elite. Um, but who knows? Maybe that that could all be just a rumor as well, so who knows? It is a rumor, I guess.
0: You know what? I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a big fan like you. I think I'd love to see them go uh, against Penta and Ray again. I thought that that was an amazing match, and I think for tag team wrestling in AEW, I think I don't think you can name a match. Um, maybe that wasn't just FTR versus the Box that didn't have Penta and Ray Phoenix in it. Um, I think one of the things I'd love to see eventually is that if, you know what, we're going to talk about CM Punk in a second, um, but when we look at kind of FTR's reign and we look at them as tag team wrestling um, I think the one thing that they don't really have is that trios championship and I think that's something that you'd like to see maybe not right away like if I was trying to book FTR from now to the end of the year I definitely want them to have the titles now until um, at least London like, I'd want them to have a, a nice, long, like, probably a five- or six-month reign and then try to maybe move them into, like, a, a trios thing if that's the way that it's going to go because there's not just Punk that they can use for trios, but I think they would have to have a, a connection or something with a member. CM Punk just happens to be the, the person that they that they can connect with the most when they look at those things. But I think when you kind of go through... Briscoe. Sorry? Yeah, Briscoe's another one that you can actually do it with and it actually brings him in the mix as well, right? So there's a lot of, like, little... Kind of cool, unique things, and I think they're going to live up to their name of being like that—that—that uh, that, that top end, that top tier tag team uh, on the planet. And if they decide to leave after four years, that's great. Uh, but for them, for where they want to be after the four years, they better have like probably the most solid four years just to kind of solidify whatever it is. Your one run with five belts is not going to solidify you as the greatest tag team of all time. It's your matches that are going to do that, right? So um, they have to have some really solid matches. They're going to have to get into some gimmicky matches. And they're going to have to put their bodies on the line for the next four years to really be where they want to be. Um, do I think they're the greatest tag team of all time? No. I think they're in my top five. But I don't think, I don't think they're at the top of my list but yet. So, But I think they could be at the end of it. So we're talking about FTR. We've heard a name in there that we haven't heard of a long time. In a long time, people that kind of went, everything went down. People kind of went from, he went from hero to goat. And to goat, I don't mean greatest of all time. I mean literal goat with horns. Um, We're talking about CM Punk, right? And I think when we look at CM Punk, there's a lot of news that are starting to come through and rumors that are coming through that, hey, maybe this relationship behind the scenes with the EVPs, with Tony... With some of the other wrestlers that were really spoiled. Are starting to kind of work back together. Like they're trying to bring him in. Now we all know Punk is brought in as a money draw. And he is a money draw. It's proven. There's facts behind it. Um, you can go and look. Tony's has facts. Plenty of facts on CM Punk being a main event money draw. Now my question is. Based on these rumors. What do you think's going to happen? There's a couple things here. What do you want to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Is it good for the, the is it good for AEW in the long run? Josh, what are your thoughts about CM Punk coming back? Do you think it's worth it for the company? And do you think that it's gonna it's gonna mean that big time ratings and a big time draw for them if he comes back?
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I, I think that I mean a part of me all thinks that almost all of it is a work, like from the beginning, you know, coming out of the ring with Mox saying, you know, I'm so hurt that you know we've got to create something that's gonna create a storyline that's gonna last long. Obviously that's not true. Um, but I I think that it's clear that he's going to come back. I think that Tony's invested in this, this guy, and you know, he's producing the numbers that he wants and he's getting those clicks. And the story is is if it's true, then the reality is what's drawing people to the story as well. And I think that, you know, for if if all the members of the elite are re-signed and they're gonna stay long term, I think that it would make a, so much sense for them to feud with punk. Just because the amount of money they could all make on that feud would be good for everybody. Now, is it going to be good for AEW? That's going to depend on if Punk continues to go into business for himself. And if he's really going into business for himself or if it's just a storyline. But if he's going into business for himself like he is, he's going to just ruin it for himself in the long run. Like it's going to be over before he knows it. He, you know, he's been injured twice since he's been back the matches in AEW are a lot different than they are in WWE and he's a lot older than he was when he was in WWE. So, you know, how many more dream matches does he have left before he injures himself for another year? And then, you know, is he just going to keep on going into business for himself and burying guys who are coming up? So I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, Chris, I mean, you know, one of the things Josh said there is that he's injury prone and for a lot of stuff, I know you're going to have your thoughts on the whole situation, but uh, I think injuries definitely play a factor in what's going on. But um, what are your thoughts of, CM Punk coming back in and uh, is it good for business
1: uh, I mean I agree with, with Josh he's he is the big money draw and, and or I agree with you sorry and uh yeah he makes he brings the money in I mean every, anytime he's proven that there's there's nothing to say against it um, saying he's willing to work with either the Bucks Uh, they're willing to work with him is what I'm reading. I also saw something today about, uh, again, it doesn't mean I believe these rumors. I just, you know, you, you read it and there's some possible. So you look into it. Um, the other thing I was reading is that, uh, he's been trying to reach out to the Bucks and to Kenny and to Jericho to try to work on creative moving forward. So, I mean, there's so much, so much real that you could actually put into this now. Like with with the gen the heat that's been on Twitter, the fight that actually happened. Um, I mean, there's there's some big money to be made here, and if if the bucks if the bucks and Kenny are, are being sour grapes and don't want it, then I mean, and that's just a terrible idea. So you can't you you'd imagine they'd work past that for the payday they're gonna get.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I think in this situation you have to definitely do what's good for business. I think my my two concerns with Punk are. Um, kind of what Josh said, I, I don't know if I'd say business going for yourself, but definitely not thinking like not being arrogant to the point that you're, you know, Thinking that you're the world's greatest wrestler after being gone for seven years, I think you know what? One of the things that I love, and I've mentioned this before, and, and some people don't like them are those press conferences. But there's a lot of stuff that you get out of the press conference. In the press conference, on the night of the fight, he was arrogant for probably the first five minutes all the way through. He was getting mad at press members, he was getting mad at people in the back, and then eventually the fight happened after right after that, right? So I think when you're looking into that, it's about you know trying to tread carefully you have a lot of I don't want to say big egos but you have superstars in the back that are probably the greatest in the world and they all want to be on the top and you know I'm not going to say like they have like they're egotistical to the point but they all want to be the best and when you're going out there and you know what maybe you haven't put your body on the line as much as you have in the past few years and you know they have and and <laughs> you know people could take offense to that I think the second part is we mentioned is injury prone I think um, injuries can be really bad for long-term story, uh, long-term storylines, like really bad. And I think if somebody is injury prone, you're going to have to make sure that he has the time off, that he's not going to be wrestling every single night. And maybe that's going to be for a while where he doesn't have the title. And, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily think he needs it. Maybe the fans want it. And if the fans want it, the fans will probably get it, but I don't think he needs it. You know, I think at the end of the day, he can just show up as CM Punk you know, talk is talk is shit, and, and and really have a good spot on the card, and be and be where he wants to be on the card and fighting. But I agree with you. There is such. There's probably dump trucks full of money that they're willing to drop at each of these people's houses once this thing goes off. And if this goes off in a big venue, like potentially what we're going to talk about later, at, at something like Wembley Stadium with a hundred thousand people, or at one of the biggest pay per views of, of the year. I think you're going to start seeing some massive things. You're going to see merchandise sales. You're going to see your buy rates. Everything that are going to come from it. And I think the AEW has more to gain from having CM Punk on the in their lineup than having then more to lose. There's there's just more to gain with CM Punk there. So I think in the long term interest of everybody, it's it's probably a good idea to mend the fences. And from what the rumors are saying, we're Hopefully, uh, that that will come to fruition at some point because I am just so anxious to see what the fans do when he comes through those through the curtain for the first time. I think they're gonna boo the ever loving shit out of him. <laughs> it's gonna be great.
2: Depends if it's in Chicago or not.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I think if you if you're gonna hope to get him, a, if you're gonna hope to get him a a, a, a face run, you better put a book him in Chicago. <laughs> so I mean, if
2: MJF can get it, it can get the. The cheers that he gets going in to Long Island, uh, if they want uh, CM Punk to get uh, those cheers, they'll just start him in Chicago.
0: Well, I mean, Chris Cogno gets, uh, gets a hero's welcome in Sudbury, Ontario. So, I mean, you got to get to... Just... <laughs> no laugh there? Okay. Anywho. I'll yeah, uh... we'll edit that out. <laughs> That's the Price is Right losing song. Um. All right. We talked about Wembley. Talked about big things that could happen at Wembley. If you were booking at Wembley, what are some matches that you'd really like to see? I mean, we're talking, again, 100,000-seat like seat stadium. Rumors about Wembley already is that they've, they've had an allocation where they've bought about 45,000 seats, uh, and that is after, what, two weeks of an announcement, which is pretty damn good. So when you're looking at 45,000 seats after two weeks, I think you guys are probably going to be looking at a potential sellout of Wembley in London uh, when it happens, especially even if they had to give away 10,000 tickets. I think you're going to look at it. You're going to probably have a sellout there. If you're picking your headline matches or a couple sets of matches, what's going to be your match to go to? I know we talked. I think we're all going to agree on the same one. But, Chris, your headline match of Wembley, if it happened tomorrow, what would it be?
1: It would be Punk and Omega. Yeah, I think that's what we're all going to agree on. (laughs) <laughs> and but uh, yeah it's it's such big money even if punk just comes comes and promos all the way all the way to Wembley with Kenny then I mean that's it's it's money it's pure money uh, but is MJF gonna still be champ then running those two again is that something or is MJF in it with the four pillars now and Darby so it's hard to kind of any Kenny and Punk are my first choice, but, uh, yeah, it's that's that's the money fight for me.
0: Josh, what do you think your money fight is going into the summer? I think if you had to pick anything, you can pick anything you want. Um, you could say Punk and Omega, Two if you want to do that. But if there's anything else that you'd see, what would you like to see as the main event of Wembley that would really kind of rip the roof off that 100,000-seat uh, stadium?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the main event is kind of irrele- not irrelevant with uh, AEW because they're going to run such a long event that, you know, you're going to have – a bunch of matches that are going to be potential main events. I think that, you know, it could be uh, Kenny and punk. It could be FTR and punk and the elite, you know, that could be the, you know, headline as well. I think that there's a chance that, you know, the MJF four pillars match could be that, you know, he goes through the three other pillars and he cheats his way through it. They all complain and they do a four-way match for the championship at Wembley, you know, like you lead up to it because every time he seems to be having a match with somebody who's a pillar, or some something that's going on. It's not just like Darby Allen that's watching. It's Darby Allen. It's Jack Perry. It's Sammy Guevara. So it's like they're all paying attention. So it, it's very clear that they're all part of this story. And is that going to mean that you know they just interfere with the next match, or is it just that you know MJF's going to you know do the storyline where he's running through the pillars and something happens later? I don't know. It's uh, for me. I could see them putting the strap on on Jungle Boy at some point as well, so that could be part of the storyline going into Wembley. <laughs> Christmas door just fell down. Uh, <laughs> uh, Damn
1: animals! <laughs> holy jeez, they're going nuts. I think it's interesting
2: how big out. Wembley is, though. Like it's it's I this is going to be a statement for them because if they can do ninety thousand people at Wembley, then it's going to be a big sign to WWE that yeah, you know, WWE clearly has the bigger market, but to go to Europe. Sell ninety thousand seats. There's not not too many wrestling promotions that have done that. And I think that could be a big wake up call for WWE.
0: Yeah, I don't think any other uh, any other any other one has done that. I think when you look at it too, I think you know what the uh, the cons or t- especially Tony Khan has a lot of roots to England, right? Like so, basically they own uh, they own Fulham in the uh, uh, in the Premier League, and so they already know what it's like to have like forty thousand people at Craven Cottage, and they can imagine. You know, um, based in a lot of cases, Tony. I'm sure Tony's been to Wembley and has seen the size of Wembley when you go there. And I I, 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 can't for a second think that he would go into Wembley without even having close to a sellout. There's just no way that that would happen. Regard whatever happens, there could be sixty thousand people. They're going to announce that there's ninety thousand people there. <laughs> I don't I, like. I really, <laughs> yeah, no, I really don't care. But I think I like. I think he. I think he is going to sell it out. Um. I agree. And I think it's, I think it is tough. I think when we kind of like the question that we have here is tough because you're trying to look into five months of booking and right now you're trying to think of a roster and uh, you know what, you got a bunch of roster guys in, you know, the Black Kapoor Combat Club that are kind of high up on the card, but they're kind of stuck in together as well. So You know, I would I would love to see like uh, like for me, I'd love to see maybe not as the main event, but I'd love to see MJF kind of duck these four pillars because I I I I fucking hate Sammy Guevara. I don't believe Darby Allen can be a world heavyweight champion. And uh, you know what? The only one there that has a shot at it, in my opinion, is Jack Perry. So personally, for me, the four pillars match and all this crap with the four pillars doesn't mean anything uh sammy guevara thinks he's the world's greatest wrestler he is a fucking pile of dog shit in my opinion i am (laughs) fucking hate sammy guevara um he's fucking useless um unless there's a ladder and something where he's jumping off 15 feet that's the only thing i want to see and um not to say that i want him to die at any point but i'd like to see him get severely injured um just because of his (laughs) fucking mouth Sorry, okay. I don't want do, to be personal hurt. about it, but I mean, as a podcast and just as a person that watches wrestling, I, Josh, in this case, usually says to me, Chris, he usually goes, well, I guess he's doing his job then. <laughs> so, so maybe he is doing his job, <laughs> but
2: I, clearly
0: I've just, i am just, not, for me, for Sammy Guevara, I think he's extremely talented. I just don't see him as a world champion. I've never seen him as uh, entertaining to me as like when he takes a mic, i never find him entertaining on a mic ever um him making out with his girlfriend makes me want to puke um and that's just the reality of it but i think i'd really like to see mjf in a in in a match where it's actually believable. i'd love to see him maybe fight danielson again um i i really enjoyed the uh the iron man match thought it was great um i'd like to maybe see how it would go with mox where mox maybe beats the living crap out of him for 20 minutes and he bleeds all over the place like you know mjf is the modern day roddy piper um, that's what he is. He's just he riles everybody up. He's gonna bleed, he's gonna get into a fight, and he's gonna try to weasel his way into winning, and that's great. Um, what I'd like to see for the main event is um, you know, I, I'd like to see Kenny and the Bucks together in the main event. I don't know how you do that. I think you're 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 gonna lean towards CM Punk and FTR. Um, uh, but you know what? Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's C M Punk and maybe some other people that were were not aware of at that point that could potentially come into that spot. Um, but it'll be interesting to see on how it, how it really plays out. I mean, there's, there's also the kind of lingering situation with Hangman that kind of plays into this kind of elite situation. That's kind of happening too. that. Maybe there's a storyline for that, that we're not aware of, but, um, yeah.
2: Hey Matt, you said, uh, you said there was never a, that that, uh, they, they didn't, this would be like the first time someone else put on a show that's bigger than the WWE, but we forgot about North Korea.
0: Oh yeah, we did. We actually did forget WCW. about yeah, WCW. Oh, yeah,
2: that, that, yeah, That's the biggest show of all time. Yes, it is. What, there was were it a, a bunch of 40, slaves watching it, but you know.
0: What was it, one hundred forty thousand?
2: I think they had like two hundred thousand in two days or something that's like that. Weird. It was something stupid. Over two hundred thousand in two days.
0: Wow, yeah, I'll, I'll just see Antonio and okie eh? So that's that's fucking mental.
2: Well, they had to go. It wasn't an option.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah.
1: They didn't. They didn't
2: sell any seats. They just. They 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 just had the seats, and they were if they were empty, they would have all died. Oh Jesus! So, yeah.
0: So yeah, I think Wembley's going to be interesting. I think the uh, the pay per view and everything is going to be nuts for it when they do it. I think probably they'll probably even rake in maybe and try and get another ten bucks out of us, which I'll still pay, and that's fine. But I think at the end of it, I think it's going to be a good go. So yeah, time will tell for sure. It's gonna be a
2: rough start though because it's gonna be a day show, I think, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like you're gonna be looking at it, and it's gonna be uh, well, you're gonna be five hours behind. So what's gonna either happen is you're gonna to have to, you're gonna, they're either gonna to have to go really late into the night, which is kind of what they do for boxing. So in a lot of boxing fights that are at like Wembley, sometimes they'll go early, but sometimes they'll actually go late and they'll fight till like two in the morning. Um, But in a lot of cases, if they are going to do it, it, the start time will probably be around 2 o'clock in the afternoon for us.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Their shows run for 12 hours anyways. They've got to have everybody in the match.
0: (laughs) So it'll actually, they'll be done by 8 o'clock and we'll have an early night for a change before we get to go to work on Monday. So go team. Um, other than that, um, that's pretty much it for rumors. Um, what we're going to kind of go through right now is we, uh, obviously raw and dynamite happened. Um, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're shooting here on a Friday. Um, uh, we're going to be shooting before SmackDown, um, occurs tonight. So basically, um, Chris, what were your thoughts on, uh, your main thoughts, maybe top three things that you saw from, uh, raw and dynamite, uh, that you thought were amazing or that you thought were shitty either or, <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, Switchblade, that was, you know, that was, that was cool to see, um, I think he made, I think he definitely made the right decisions, so, um, when I see something like that, you know, see, he, he did the right thing, he's gonna get, he's gonna get more, a lot more out of this than, you know, he would have gotten in WWE for sure, although in WWE he'd be, you know, probably pushed really hard to begin, and then they just, Vince wouldn't get him, so it would just be future endeavored by endeavor
0: oh man can you imagine him in wwe and vince would have to get him to put 50 pounds of muscle on just to be like (laughs) like and jay jay Jay, Jay, don't get me wrong jay white's got a great physique right like he's in great shape um so that's the first one what else jay white what else we got
1: uh yeah, I I gotta be honest, I didn't, I didn't pay much attention this this week. I don't ask you why. I guess with baseball going on, I kind of my mind drifted a little bit, but I stayed on the rumors, but didn't stay as much on the live stuff. Um, raw, raw.
0: And for those that are listening to this podcast, and you guys are diehard, if you've never heard of that, that actually happens. I mean, we all do the same thing, and we kind of stay in. So no problem there. But yeah, baseball did start, and uh, yeah, cheers to fantasy league.
1: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, we're all three of us are in one of the same leagues. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, the Bucks coming back. I watched, I watched being the elite. It was uh, a decent episode. Kind of funny to hear Cutler sing, sing that sad song. And him and and Naka were going out to the slaughter. (laughs) Um, So that was neat. And you saw them, uh, you saw um, the Bucks take off their, their gear and then kind of just walk out of their house and then so i i thought it was i thought it was coming so that was good to see so and and the crowd you know the crowd was there for them the crowd popped so i mean a lot of people don't like them but they're they're good they're good at what they do they they get you to the fans are on their side so all those people give them such a hard time i mean can kind of lay off them a little bit i like seeing the bucks back whenever they're back i like watching them wrestle they make me laugh uh raw did anything was was it this week that yeah this week dom got the nuclear heat eh yeah
0: well it was both weeks the last two weeks he's gotten it but yeah this week he got it good too
1: so yeah this that's uh that that stood out to me the most out of everything i mean cody's i'm waiting for cody to have his his hard times moment but i just i still don't see it he's putting his heart out there just something's missing for me to to I feel like he's got a hard times in there, but it just hasn't come yet. But uh, yeah, for raw, I would have to say Dom's nuclear heat just blew me away. I Like this, wow! These these people actually hate him. They know, it lot, like the marks. Well, we're all marks, like you said. But you know, the more you hate him, the the more you're gonna see him. So I mean, for sure. Oh, I just love it,
0: Josh. Your three moments. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I think that uh, dynamite definitely outshined uh, outshone raw. I think Rob, there was, seemed like clearly a lot of issues with raw with people with travel issues, stories were changing and clearly Vince was uh, changing things as he goes. Um, The, uh, the Becky Lynch Tristratus turn. It, I felt like I kind of read a week ago or so that that was going to happen already. I, I feel like they, they, the story happened too quickly. They didn't let that go very long. And I'm, Not to say Trish Stratus is impressive, but the ring rust is clear. I just don't know what they're going to do with Lita. Um, Regardless, that's fine. I think that uh, Becky Lynch is a star. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, It was just a few sloppy matches I found in in Raw. And Raw Raw for me is never really about the matches a lot of the times. It doesn't seem like a lot of the stuff that's going on is, you know, they don't put on, not to say that they don't put on a lot of great matches, but there's a lot of like, b and c quality matches where you know compared to aew the aew matches i always enjoy watching aew because the matches are always just that much better but you can see why no there's there's no wonder why their wrestlers seem to be injured every other day um or every other week uh i was quite the darby allen match it was a great match darby allen i don't he just basically doesn't care about his body um but i agree with you matt he's i don't see him with the heavyweight championship i mean he's barely a flyweight, so I don't see how you put a heavyweight championship on him for any length of time. Um, Sting Sting, kind of his controversial promo, not controversial promo, but he gave shoutouts to uh, Kevin Nash and Ric Flair. Um, and then I kind of saw an interview with Kevin Nash, and they were asking him if he would ever go to AEW, and I guess he's got some heat with WWE. I'm not really sure. Um, but he basically said, you know, if like, they would fly me out and pay him, then probably do anything at this point so you know who knows maybe we'll see uh Kevin Nash at uh, some AEW eventually um it's definitely interesting when you see AEW do you know cut promos and talk about Cody and talk about like people in WWE obviously WWE doesn't do that because they don't need to um so it's an easy pop for the uh the fans uh I'm always impressed with powerhouse, powerhouse Hobbs, even though he had a shitty squad, like it wasn't the shitty match, but it was like, it was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, and, you know, I really like that, they that uh, they're still using QT Marshall um, because he gets, he gets quite a bit of heat. And I, I really like uh, the heat that he gets even, you know, um, and you can't complain about a match with orange Cassidy and buddy, buddy Matt or yeah, orange Cassidy and buddy Matthews. And that was a really great match. Um, I still feel like they're setting up Orange Cassidy to turn on the the best friend. So, because it it seems like they kind of have him and, you know, Trent, Trent was like, oh, his hand is fine. His hand is fine. And it's like, it's almost like they're setting up for Orange Cassidy to say like, enough is enough and maybe get rid of that character, not get rid of the character, but turn heel. It's just so hard to turn.
0: Sean Michaels got rid of Marty Gennetti. So that's kind of how the way you got to look at it. I think with Orange Cassidy, I think he's on the rise. Best, best friends. Chuck Taylor's been on the downswing for a while. I think if AEW was around seven or eight years when Chuck Taylor was in his prime, I think like he would have been unbelievable, but now he's just kind of just doesn't bring it, which is kind of, kind of one of those things. But um, yeah those are some really really good points I mean I'm a big fan of Papa Papa powerhouse as well <laughs> um I think when he goes through he does a really really good job I'm very surprised none of you talked about Omas for uh the the first time during this week um I just thought I'd let you know there's a <laughs> very interesting him. fact that I saw that came through reddit where actually Omas is actually a commissioned artist so if you actually wanted to get a piece of uh, Omos art, you can, and, uh, he draws a lot of anime, Chris. So Naruto and all this other stuff. So found that out the other day. And there's actually a picture that he drew. That's either, I think on Instagram or or Twitter. I saw your post. So, and it's actually signed that. Yeah, so pretty neat. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was a big fan of the bucks coming back this week. I thought it was really well done. I mean, I, I don't know what I thought about Kenny Omega trying to pull a John Moxley, but coming out in, like $300 designer jeans, just really kind of seemed off for me when that happened. I think I, I hope that was, that was planned and not just kind of thrown together. Um, But you know, I think there's a lot of stuff like Dom's heat is always, always great. Um, what I'm really interested on, on uh, WWE right now is really about potentially the breakup of uh, damage control and seeing potentially a match that's going to have with the draft. That's going to set up EO sky versus Oscar. And I just want to see that more than anything because I think they're going to fucking kill each other. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So um, that's something really big that I'm looking forward to. I really liked how they were kind of getting ready to turn on Bailey. Bailey tried to set up about her getting the title shot. And then said, oh, okay, well, you can go in and talk to Adam Pearson. I think you're going to see them probably split during the draft. But I think right now, because of the draft, this is usually kind of that lull period. But um yeah Chris I'm with you man you know we're waiting to see Cody to have his hard time moments and having that like my hands reaching through the screen and all you got to do is just reach out my hand because it's hard times baby um we need to see something like that moving forward and at least going into SummerSlam I think um like I said it's if you've been a wrestling fan for a few years you know that going after basically after WrestleMania there's always this little lull but um, when you go through, hopefully the storylines will pick up. Hopefully the draft will go through. I think I'm really looking forward to see where people end up. Um, you know, hopefully I don't I don't know if how the draft works with the undisputed title. I know Roman's majoritively on SmackDown, but it'd be nice to see him on Raw on much more. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I think the storylines will be set up for the summer once the draft hits, which will be great. So, um, but other than that, is there anything else or any fun facts or that you guys want to add before we end the show?
2: I want to say something that's going to be controversial because I like John Moxley, but if anybody's ever seen him do his stomps when he's holding the guy by the arms, they're the weakest stomps I've ever seen. You just take a look at his last match; weakest stomps. They they look they just don't look as good. And John Moxley's so good. And when I watch him do his stomps, it's the only thing, and I'm like, I don't understand how you could stick a fork in someone's face as hard as you can and then have a couple half stomps that look like you're you're barely touching
0: them. So, anyways, that's. Uh, that's Josh's. That's what
1: really grinds his gears. <laughs> Josh, Josh I, had to get that off his chest I was like, today. I was just about it was, to hold that I in was, for I a bit. One more, one more comment
2: about AEW, and the matchup did. So that was the one thing. Oh, that sorry, I had. sorry. John Moxley's face was right on my screen on the other side, and it. it was like when him and Claudio were doing the like at the end of the match <laughs> when they were doing it. It was just, and it was, this is like the second or third time that I noticed it. And like I said, I love John Moxley. He's great. He's he's hardcore. It's just that like. Something that's supposed to be looking so destroy destructive. It looks like he's just like giving him a little love tap, like almost like he's doing the orange cassidy.
0: <laughs> orange Cassidy, but they're supposed to be face stomps. Beautiful.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh Chris, anything you wanna add for before we sign off?
1: Uh yeah, send us an email. Get a hold of us through Facebook Messenger if you want. Um, yeah, like you said at the start, we have that if you wanna give us some ideas for some topics. If you are an independent wrestler and want to maybe someday be interviewed, who knows?
0: Yeah. You know, lots of cool stuff there. Like Chris said, we're we're available now on anywhere you can find a podcast basically. So Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever. We have an email address. We have a discord group that we have. That's mostly just for us, but hopefully one day it will expand, but uh, you know what? We'll get there at that point. We'll have some crazy memes and all that stuff in there. Um, but you know what? I I think it was a pretty successful show number three. I think we're we're kind of getting a little more ease here with the uh, the technology and stuff. Chris is doing an amazing job with editing, um, and yeah. So we're gonna watch some SmackDown tonight, see what's going on, and then we'll compile up for next week, and uh, we'll have some more topics so that we can create you the best wrestling content on the internet.
1: <laughs> Allegedly.
0: <laughs> Allegedly. But anyways, for everybody out there, um, depending on what part of the world that you're in, good morning, good afternoon, good night. I bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. And uh, kudos. Have a great evening. Take care, everybody.